This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. And joining us uh, via the telephone from Chicago, Mike Grimm, the voice of the Golden Gophers. He's there at the Big Ten Tournament. And Grimmer, well... Nice win for the Gophers last night. That that really helps uh, here at the end of the year. It's been a tough season, kind of a long year. and But to get a win in the Big Ten tournament, you know, I'm happy for Coach Johnson, his staff, and everybody involved. Yeah, for sure. You saw the joy in those guys' faces. And, you know, they've, they, you know, they're sitting here. They've won two of the three, uh, two of their last three, including that, you know, miracle last week against Rutgers. And then, you know, probably had Wisconsin on the ropes and could have won that. And it's all part of this, where they're at in this program. It's part of some growing pains. And, you know, the other thing is that was, I think that's a better win last night than, you know, than the typical 14 over 11, right? Because yeah. that. 11 seed Nebraska had been playing well. They were six and one, or I'm sorry, they were five and one in their last six, six and two in their last eight, including some good wins. They beat Maryland in that mix. They won in Iowa City. I think Iowa's got a chance to win this tournament this week, and, and Nebraska took care of them in Iowa City last week. They beat Wisconsin in overtime, um, and and so you know that team had been playing well, and I think they felt like they could come in here and and maybe uh, you know play themselves certainly into the NIT and maybe even more, you know, if they had gotten to the weekend and I think they felt like they were playing that well so that wasn't just you know a normal ah 14 over 11 I mean it in reality that's what it was but I think it was more than the typical 14 over 11 so that was nice and then like I said where this program is as you mentioned they've taken their lumps um, every little you know data point that these young kids learn is good and I, I don't see how it can't be looked upon as a nice little step I mean it's a baby step it's not I mean no one's trying to proclaim that this team is you know on the verge of, of running the table or hey they're going to be a you know big 10 title team next year or what have you but uh, when you're when you're in the infancy of trying to build something these little small victories are important because you know to put those kids in a situation in a one and done uh in postseason in a big 10 tournament um that i just can't help but think that will help these guys uh for tonight one uh, when they take on maryland and two for the future i mean next year they're going to be in a tournament again and um this is uh, all got to help I, I would think what were you going through your mind, though, when Jamison Battle fouled out? That made it tougher down the stretch, but they had guys step up, uh, Dawson Garcia and Talon Cooper in particular. Yeah, they sure did, those two guys. And then Jaden Henley, um, you know, did well. And, you know, Carrington had, you know, a, a, you know, a game where you didn't notice much. But I thought the biggest shot of the night was his three, um, where he buried a three that the, the, they had cut the lead to three, and he hit a three to take it back to six. And I forget about... I want to say that maybe it was with four minutes or so, give or take. I can't, you know, it all runs together right, now. Right. I'm, getting the, I'm getting to the age where I can't remember what time I woke up this morning. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a big shot. So, I, I agree. Everyone had um, everyone had their um, moments, and I think that, too, is important. You know, um, I, I also think an underrated aspect was um, – uh, Walker, uh, their their twenty five year old uh, their twenty five year old center, um, you know he has had Derek Walker. He has had his way with Minnesota the first two meetings, and he had a good game last night also. But Pharrell Payne defended him in the second half, and um, they let him bang both ways, and he held his own and then some. It, here's a stat for you, Todd. I, I got a kick out of this. I mentioned it on the air last night. So, and and this is not a knock on anyone. Everyone has their own schedule, so I'm not making fun of Derek Walker in any way. But the young man's 
25 years old. He graduated from high school the same year that um, Jason Tatum, who's now in his sixth year in the NBA, did. Oh, my God. He graduated the same year of high school as De'Aaron Fox, the the NBA superstar from the Kings, who's in his sixth year in the NBA. Um, And and so what Derek Walker did is he, after graduating from high school in Kansas City, he went to a prep school for a year in Kansas, so he had an extra year there. Started his career at Tennessee, sat out a year, has the COVID year, so now he's 25. I figured this up. I think I'm correct in this. Pharrell Payne was in seventh grade when when uh, Derek Walker graduated from high school, and now those two guys are playing each other in the Big Ten tournament, and Payne held his own. In fact, uh, I did an interview with Pharrell early in the year, and he said he really never started playing basketball till he was in seventh grade. He liked soccer growing up, and then all of a sudden he looked around and he said, you know, I'm like a foot taller than everybody here in seventh grade. Maybe I should play basketball. So when Pharrell Payne wasn't even playing basketball, uh, the guy he was guarding last night in a Big Ten tournament was graduating from high school. So I, I think you know that 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 tells you a little bit about the day and age we're in. And again, Derek Walker is a fantastic player. I don't mean I, I'm not you know. And the Gophers have old guys, and we know all about the Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahims and all that. So everyone yeah. has their own schedule. Um, and some guys are Jason Tatum's in year six uh, in the NBA. He scored almost 10,000 career points, and here Derek Walker has uh, is going to get his master's degree uh, at Nebraska here in a couple of weeks. So. Um, it, it, I think you know that's that's where we're at in today's college game. But anyway, I thought yeah. Payne had a had a had a great defensive game in the second half, uh, containing him a little bit. And um, and here we are, another night in Chicago. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun to see guys. That you you're right. I think you hit it right on the head when you started. Just obviously, this doesn't you know in the in the in the grand scheme of things, this win doesn't mean much. Although it could, yeah. right? You just don't know what kind of confidence can build. But just to see some guys who have been through uh, you know some rigors, uh, inexperience, injuries, bad luck. Um, not very good play at times. Uh, to see them have some joy. Ben Johnson was a little emotional, as you can guess, you know, because you know he's the he's he's the leader of this group, and um, and these kids are important to him. And it was his first win in a Big Ten tournament as a head coach too. So it was it was um, yeah, it was a pretty feel good night, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And and you know it, when it's a close game like that, uh, any play could have changed the outcome. But a big one I thought was when the ball got deflected in the back court. Uh, the Gophers. Rec- cover it back there and and uh you know come in and and it was going to be kind of a desperation shot just before the shot clock and and a foul committed by Wiltshire for Nebraska and then all three free throws went in was that was that Cooper or was that Henley who made that play I think it might have been Henley yeah that yeah, that was Henley. Actually, yeah. there were two plays Henley made. Um, I think I think the deflection one, um, the deflection one. Cooper uh, got the steal after the deflection, brought it up, and then found Henley trailing, and he hit the three just in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second play. Oh yeah, and then there was another deflection. You're right. Yep. That was that was a defensive deflection. The Gophers yep. deflected a pass and got the three. And then a little bit later, and that was another big bucket. You're right. Um, I think Garcia was trying to throw out of the post. It got deflected into the backcourt. And now yep. when I looked up. I thought he was going to have to take a half-court shot because there was like three seconds left on the shot clock. But he looked. He was calm for a freshman, which was great. Took two or three more dribbles and got into a makeable range, forcing Wiltshire to close out. Yes, yes. So there were two deflecting plays. I was thinking of the other one, but you're right. The other one was probably more important because – uh, Wiltshire fouls him, and there's no doubt it was a foul. We watched yep, the replay, yep. and he definitely cracked him on the elbow. Yeah. 
and um, and then to go up and uh, and and hit all three free throws. Now they they missed a couple late, but this team has not been a good free throw shooting team. And I thought last night, obviously, it was key. I think uh, Cooper was seven of eight, maybe or eight of ten from yep. three, and that's huge. You know, I mean, in in Big Ten play, as you know, when there's you know it, it's a possession by possession league, and a lot of these games come down to single digits. Um, free throw percentage is is important and free throw frequency is probably even more important like even more important than percentage the analytics will tell you is volume of free throws getting to the line and the Gophers just haven't been able to put foul pressure on teams last night they got to the line and obviously when you're ahead late in the game and they haven't had that happen much um, you're going to get to the line more as well so from that standpoint you're exactly right it was uh, Henley had those three free throws it was big. Cooper stepped up with a lot of foul shots, too. I think, what, 59% uh, from the line coming into the game. And yet he was the guy who wanted the ball at the end. Uh, He was the one getting fouled. He hits 8 out of 10. He makes a bunch of them down the stretch, and that's how you win, right? Don't turn it over. Make free throws when you have a short lead at the end of games, and they were able to do that. Yeah, he had a great game. He had 12 assists, which was a, it's a yeah. Minnesota record for Big Ten tournament play. Uh, uh, the previous record was eight, which I figured would be more, quite frankly. But uh, in terms of for a gopher, he was three off of all-time tournament. 15 assists is the all-time Big Ten tournament record, and I forget who they told us had that mark. But, yeah, he had eight, 12 assists. And, then, and that was with, like, nine minutes left. He ended up not getting, you know, most of the points late came from free throws, so he didn't get a chance to build on that. But yeah, he hit some threes, he drove, he dished, and some of those passes, man, they were real nice looking throws, and um, yeah, it's you know it was fun, no, no question about it. And he had a big game, and and you're right. You asked me about battle. He falls out with 9:01 to go, yeah. um, and and I kind of got sidetracked on my answer when you asked me what <laughs> uh, what was I thinking. One, I I was a little surprised that Ben Johnson left him in with four fouls, and then to have it turn that quickly. It was literally the next possession, and Jamo took the uh, you know took uh, the gamble to take a charge. Um, and you know I'm not I'm not one to uh, shy away occasionally from taking a uh, I think but you know poke a little fun at an official's call because I think we all want to have fun in this and some yeah. people take it more seriously than I do. But I, I I did not think the call was as terrible as, like, Spencer, my partner, he was going nuts. And <laughs> I looked, I, I you know, it did probably was a charge, but, I, you know, Jamo was moving a little. I, you know, it was it was what it was. Um, I think Ben was more upset with just the situation, so he gets the T. And I actually did think that that changed it a little bit. The Gophers got a couple of weird calls go their way late. Who knows if the technical had something to do with it. But I think um, I think those guys also saw their coach stick up for them, and I think that helped them um, say, all right, we can do this. We're all in this together. So there was, you know, sometimes you see it, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, you know, years ago you used to say, oh, Bob Knight got that tee on purpose. He wanted to fire his team up. I don't, I'm saying Ben did not do that on purpose. Yeah. However, I think the end result was – the team did say, "Holy crap! We're, you know, we're, our coach is fighting for yeah. us here." Uh, and and I do think there's a time and a place, and that might have been the time and the place right there. Yeah, it can be a motivator. And uh, I, I'm sorry I didn't hear your post game interview uh, with him, but I did see him on uh, television after the game last night, and he apologized for getting the technical. And I remember thinking, "Shucks, I wouldn't apologize because I thought the same way yeah. you did." It seemed to it seemed to spur him on a little and get him going a little bit. So, but that seems to be kind of the guy he is. He's he's willing to stand there and, and take the slings and arrows. And, and he was saying, hey, I apologize to the team for getting that technical. That could have hurt us. And I kind of felt like you did kind of the opposite. Yeah, he said that to us, too, in the post game. And then I asked him, I said, hey, what was, you know, how hard was the decision to leave him in there? 
And I thought his, in, his answer, I did not expect the answer to be what it was. I thought he would say, well, he's, you know, he's been around the block. I trusted him not to commit the foul. And I just wanted to give him a go. And we know now that he's probably going to go try to play pro basketball in Europe when this season is done, right? So, yeah. the, so the next time Minnesota loses, he'll be done. And so, but, but I thought his answer was going to be, um, well, I trusted him. He's, you know, he's an old guy. He's been around the block. He's a fourth-year player, all this stuff. And he's like, I just put myself in his shoes, and I thought, there's no way I want to sit this one out. Just let me ride it as long as I can. Yeah. And yeah. that was his answer. I thought, holy cow, you know, that's a, that's a, that is, <clears throat> one, it's risky, but two, that is a player's coach right there, if there yeah. ever was one, if you think about how, how he thought about that decision. And, and, and obviously it didn't turn out um, working in, in his favor, but I think that uh, players will appreciate the coach thinking that way. Yeah, I heard you ask him, uh, you know, before the game if, uh, you know, if he thought that uh, they could pull something together because they had, uh, you know, had a win recently. And, and did he think they could win a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament? And he seemed pretty optimistic. Well, uh, you know, mission number one done. Now it's mission two tonight against Maryland. Uh, how did they do against the Terps this year? Well, it uh, not great. Uh, they lost by 35, the second worst home loss in the history of the of the, of the program. The yeah. first time they played them. However, they did not have Dawson Garcia. They did not have Braden Carrington. Um, and the other, they 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 lost back to back games. If you remember this year, tied by 35. Yeah. Home against Maryland at Rutgers. Well, guess what? They avenged that 35-point loss against Rutgers with that win last week at home. So uh, wouldn't it be something if um, the two teams you lost to by 35, just terrible games, um, what if you could avenge that one tonight as well? That would be, that would be a remarkable turnaround because, um, you know, they, they did it once. Uh, Nebraska had beat Minnesota twice already, and the Gophers got them last night. And then in, um, at Maryland, that was just, I don't know, what was that had been about two weeks ago, I guess, mm-hmm. Um, that was part of that uh, that uh, road trip where the Gophers and the radio crew yes. went from Champaign to Maryland and then to Lincoln, uh, all in a week. It was yep. like a you know it, 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 we didn't travel like NBA superstars, but that's <laughs> what the road trip kind of felt like. I can tell you that. Um, and anyway, uh, the Gophers in that game came out really strong at at Maryland. They were up, I want to say, 13-8 to early, hit a couple of threes. Uh, It was tied 20-20, to and then Maryland went on like a 27-4 to run or something and and ended up winning by 18. They were up by, I think they were up by 20 or 25. They're a good team, and they're not a particularly great shooting team, but both games against the Gophers, they have lit it up. So um, that was one of the things last night. The Gophers, I think some of it was their defense. Some of it was just, you know, uh, the basketball guy. Um, Nebraska didn't shoot the ball particularly well from three, and they had been recently. And um, that helps, you know, that helps. And so you hope tonight that Minnesota stays hot. They shot, I think it was, what, 54% or something last night, um, that they stay hot. And then you hope that Maryland finally cools off against them because, you know, like I said, they had been they were hot as a pistol in both of those games. So, um, you know, it, it uh, the Gophers are clearly an underdog. Uh, it's a six seed versus a fourteen, um, and um, you know, I'm actually going to go over to the arena. There's games already starting at eleven, but you know, yeah. cranking out some prep work just in the media room. I'm going to crank, you know, find some info, but I got to figure out what's the furthest a fourteen seed. And they've only had fourteen seeds now. What would it be this ninth year? I think yeah. is it. It would be when Maryland and, and Rutgers joined to make it a 14-team league. Just see, as I don't even know, as a 14 seed won twice in this tournament. I we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. I haven't dived into that just yet, um, but um, 
you know, who knows, right? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they, they, I mean, those, all the things I just said, I'm sure is what Ben Johnson's going to tell his team. Like, why not? Why, yeah. why not try it? Look, we, we, you know, you lost by 35 to Rutgers. The other thing I'd say real quick too is, is yeah, look, and I'm not trying to make excuses. There was really some poor basketball played by this group. There's no doubt at times, but they are now finally. Um, now they're only playing seven uh, the last few games in the streak, but they are finally where they've got their seven or eight guys healthy. Remember, uh, Battle missed the first four or five games. Carrington, I think, missed the first eight. And Battle, it took him, after missing four or five games, I'm going to say it took him another seven or eight, really, to find a rhythm. Um, and then Garcia missed five. Then and then uh, Carrington missed another eight. So, I, I, you know, just looking at it, I think in terms of what you would call kind of that top seven or eight where they were all available and, and could play, they've probably only had eight or ten games where I would say they really had them all at full function. So, so we're you know, they, they're probably not as bad from a roster standpoint as the record shows, two wins in the regular season in the Big Ten. And uh, hopefully this is showing a little bit of that, that, okay, yeah, this team is a little more competitive than what we saw now that they have everybody, um, you know, in, in, um, in, in available at this point. Yeah, so uh, when's the last time the Gophers uh, made a little bit of a run, say, at least to the quarterfinals in the Big Ten tournament? Do you know that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, good question. So last time it was in Chicago was 2019, so that was four years ago. Minnesota made the semis. That was okay. Richard Pitino's year, and they um, they beat Penn State. They beat Purdue. And that Purdue win probably put them into the tournament. If you remember that year, then they got to Des Moines, and that was just it was one of my great memories as a as a Gopher broadcaster. One going back to my home state, yeah. um, in uh, and 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 calling the Gophers uh, in that tournament. And they beat Louisville in that first round. Gabe Kelsher had a big game, and all I mean the whole arena. I mean I thirty five must have just had a, a caravan of Gopher fans south to Des Moines. Um, in my previous life, now that they have Wells Fargo Arena now. But they used to have in Iowa. We also called it the barn. Okay. Um, was Veterans Auditorium. That's where the state tournament was uh, was held. And I did um, a lot of high school state tournament games there in the late '90s and early 2000s. Um, now that building has since been torn down, and they have this new Wells Fargo. But it's right on the same site. So it was great for me to go back, uh, get into that building. I'd never been in the building and watch the Gophers win. But that's a long answer, and always you know make it about myself as usual. <laughs> but um, I, uh, uh, that was a cool deal, and that's the last time the Gophers made any kind of significant run, I would say, was 2019 to the semis. And that's the farthest Minnesota's been as the semis. No, I'm sorry, the 2010, they made it to the championship game in Indy. That also got them into the tournament and into the NCAA tournament. That was a tubby coach team, and uh, the Gophers ended up losing in the championship to uh, to Ohio State that year. So, um, you know, it's um, it's been uh, it's been a bit. 2019 is four years ago now. You know, we kind of lose track of time with COVID and everything. You hear 2019, and you think it was a bit ago, but that's four seasons ago now, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, what, what, what the heck? Why not win another one? And, um, and I, I should look. I, I haven't even looked that far ahead who the Gophers would have next. Indiana, I Indiana. think, if they yep. win this. Indiana, yep, that's correct. Well, Grimmer, good luck. We'll be tuned in tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Always another night in Chicago. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, let's hope that uh, we get another night, right? A Friday night basketball game. Uh, uh, there could be worse things to do in life, right? Yeah, pregame coverage tonight at 7.30. The game time might float a little bit because it's the last game of the day. Mike Grimm joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.